0: Welcome to Dragon Talk. I'm Greg Tito, and I'm joined, as always, by Shana Mazenobel. Hey! How are you? I said your name because you were looking at your phone. Sorry! (laughs) You're like, you never say my name, and then here I am, I said it.
1: Say my name, say my name. (laughs) It's the new microphone. It's everybody just wants to sing. They make
0: us want to sing. Ah, don't make me sing. It's going to be
1: like... Three months, and we're still going to be calling them the new
0: microphone. It's probably true. Yeah, and then by that time, we'll be recording the D&D musical uh, official uh, cast soundtrack. I can't wait. I hope, anyway. What's going on uh, in your world? Just yep.
1: stuff. Just doing some stuff. Putting the finishing touches on some
0: stuff. Oh, you're being so secretive. I love it. Stuff. There are things.
1: There are things.
0: Games that have uh, components, yep. I think, right?
1: Yeah, some, some games uh, make some, some pieces, yep. some yep.
0: cards. Yep. Oh,
1: yep. some uh, yep. they all have they all have
0: cards. Some dice. Ye- no, none of the games you make have dice.
1: A couple of them do.
0: Really? Yes. Like special dice. Some do. Zombie dice.
1: Yes, the zombie dice are super cool. I, I Access and alleys and zombies special.
0: Zombie I anticipate dice. a lot of people buying. A copy of Axis and Allies and Zombies, and then just using the zombie dice when they're rolling D6s for D&D, because they're zombies. Yes. Right?
1: You could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it right now. They're very cool. They are, they're cool. are very special, icky, zombie-ish
0: color. What do they look like again? <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that sound, but in visual form. Yeah. There you go.
1: Like a zombie getting blown up.
0: But doesn't, isn't there like a specific... Uh, thing on the six or something like that that's different. The
1: zombie head.
0: The zombie head, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: There's two sets of custom dice in there. There's yeah. the attack and defense dice too, which I think those ones we call the zombie dice. It was very confusing. And the <laughs> other ones are attack. But that, they should really be different. Anyway. The
0: nomenclature in the playtest, like we were like, oh, this is called this, but it's called yeah. that. But it all makes sense. But in the, it's, in the book.
1: Um, it is, they're very cool. Very special custom. Yeah.
0: I like all the, the money has like little blood stains on it. And there's stuff. the blood IPC everywhere. certificates.
1: There's blood on the rule book, there's blood on the board, there's blood on the setup charts. It's just the whole thing was just so perfectly designed.
0: There's blood on the water. Put that in the musical. That's it. Yeah, well, there's blood everywhere in all of our components. Yeah. I love it. Yep. Uh, That's coming out on October 26th.
1: Yes. Nice. If you find blood on your Betrayal Legacy components, that is an accident.
0: (laughs) There was some cross purposes. That shouldn't be there.
1: That is just scary. It is scary. Check your hands for paper cuts.
0: We have got a bunch of whole stuff happening at San Diego Comic Con, or just ha- when is this going? This is going out this week. So yeah, no, it is. It's it's That's for real. This week, it's so. happening this weekend, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, Joe Manganello is talking all about his apparel line called the Death Saves. Uh, there's a one really cool. Oh no, there's a bunch of cool T-shirts designs, but one of the ones that I really like is uh, it says Death Saves on the front and on the back. It has all the rules for death saves. Uh, In the D and D fifth edition rules, which I think is pretty cool, Uh, taking that idea, I did that once with a T shirt I made in in, uh, high school, where I put REM on the front, and then on the back I put all the lyrics to "It's the End of the World as We uh, uh, as We Know It." Did you get permission to do that? Heck to the no, because it was just uh, (laughs) I was just doing some screen printing, and you know, sold them to my friends. Uh, and you was, sold them? I did, yeah. It was at, uh, I'm sorry, Michael Stipe and Company, you wow. guys. I never gave you the wow. the, the proceeds to this. Uh, but yeah, no, I only made like 50 of them and then I sold them to my friends. Uh, really? Yeah. And they all bought them? They all bought them because they were really cool t shirts.
1: You made, you had your own little screen printing business? I really only
0: made that one, uh, but yes.
1: Go back into it. You could call it Tito's Teas.
0: Tito's Teas.
1: Putting the tea in Tito. Seems
0: like I should be selling tea then if I'm doing it. <laughs> that like here's you know here's all the tea leaves that you need to you could read tea leaves <laughs> and then and then dye the, the your a white shirt brown <laughs> with tea leaves there's yeah. so many ways we can make this go it's uh, i'm pretty sure i'll make like 10 bucks but i'll buy one all right sold
1: there you go done and done put me done. down for one uh,
0: so that's going on at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend you can watch on twitch.tv slash dnd Mr. Nathan Stewart, Ms. Satine Phoenix, and Mr. Pelham Green uh, will be streaming all weekend long from bait uh, this amazing store in the Gaslamp District. Very uh, cool. Taking it over and uh, uh, talking to a whole bunch of fun folks who are down there, including Love it. Uh, the authors from uh, Art and Arcana, uh, Joe Meganello as I it's mentioned. It's like a mini
1: stream of many eyes. It's a little bit,
0: yeah, but uh, more talky. They're just going to like go through some stuff and uh, 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 have a few beach side chats, as uh, Nathan has been calling them, because they're oh, be by the beach. Right. Not in front nice. of a fire uh, and all that joy. So... Cool things happening there. Pay attention. Uh, Todd James is going to be there talking all about his coloring book that's coming out. Very awesome. Next, It's coming up very soon. It's releasing August 21st. Oh, that is soon. Yeah. Uh, All of the line artwork in there was created by Todd James, uh, uh, a.k.a. Reese. That's what they call him in the biz. Oh. Um, but he does lots of great artwork of uh, D&D monsters, super iconic, and then great text all about that. Uh, very pithy lines from Adam Lee.
1: Adam Lee. On
0: the other side of uh, those pages. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and rolling and coloring those in with my kids uh, or on my own just to kind of relax.
1: That's very relaxing. It is very That's relaxing. what they say. I don't.
0: Have you never done it? No. You never colored with like Quinn or anything? It's, it's one of the most relaxing things that I can do when everyone's like going cray-cray. I'm like, let's just sit and color. Really? And uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Color and cry. Color and cry. That's what we call it. What's
1: oh, like... let's have a color and cry let's session. Let's have a color and
0: cry <laughs> sesh.
1: <laughs> totally a sesh.
0: <laughs> and then we'll listen to some Sirenscape uh, uh, in the background. Yes. Because that's really cool. We, uh, we recorded an interview with them, but they are going to be working with us. I love uh, it. Coming out with a... Uh what, Sirenscape is basically like a soundboard for for dungeon masters uh out there and uh they're or coming up anyone. with licensed um uh music and sound effects for Waterdeep Dragon Heist. That'll be out on uh September 9th. So and all
1: nice. day long in our office we've been hearing some really strange sounds coming from that conference
0: room. That's right. All the, the people who are uh working on these books themselves are rec- recording a lot of the dialogue within it, which I think is super fun. I do too. Yeah. Um There are. We just had the Waffles Inc. crossover last weekend, uh, where the Waffle Crew from Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins played alongside Acquisitions Incorporated, the C Team, and much hilarity was had. Yes. Yes, it was super fun. Uh, Shout out to Alyssa Grant. From the Penny Arcade crew who helped produce all that, uh, as well as Anna Prosser Robinson, uh, who plays Evelyn, getting that all together from the Twitch side. Uh, really great stuff. Really a lot of good uh, fan activations, uh, uh, talking about things uh, going through there. And they raised a lot of good money. So, oh, uh, nice. I love it. Yeah, it was really successful. I think everybody who was watching, uh, and there were a lot of people watching concurrently, uh, had a great time. So, Very good. It. Yeah kudos to everybody. Go watch all of the videos on demand. Uh, Those are up on our YouTube page uh, to catch up uh, and or watch them on our Twitch channel. We will be releasing those episodes on uh, the Dice Camera Action podcast feed, which has split off in case you didn't know. It has split off from Dungeon Delve. Uh, So if you search for Dice Camera Action podcast, wherever you get podcasts, you should find this feed. Uh, It's available on iTunes and Google Play right now. Right now we have... Uh, episodes one through thirty. Uh, no, I think thirty-one is up there right now. We're getting the other ones out there soon. Uh, uh, between thirty-one and sixty, basically, it's season two this of week. Play. This week. this week, Ryan Marth, uh, sound engineer, says this week uh, he's putting those uh, together now. So soon, all of our Dice Camera Action episodes will be available on that iTunes slash Google Play feed. So that's pretty cool. Super. Great way to get uh, follow along with Dice Camera Action and the Waffle Crew in. It's true. We'll get it up soon, TM soon. <laughs> uh, so that's really exciting. He's uh, got nothing else to do. He's got he's nothing else to do. Him to do it. Uh, all right. Well, I think let's uh, bust down over to a fun little uh, lore you should know segment. We are going to be talking oh. all about smoke powder. Did we? Did we mention our
1: guest?
0: Did we mention our guest? Dang it. <laughs> Trent Oster and Eric Jordan are Woo! joining us for the interviews this time. They have an awesome Neverwinter Nights uh, and Idol Champions crossover character they are talking all about, as well as how fun it is uh, to make games in the sunny country of Canada. Yep. Um, as well Hot as uh, bed
1: of talent there. a little
0: bit of a recap of what was happening at the stream of Many Eyes with their costumes and all that stuff. So yeah. a fun interview. Make sure you stick around and listen to that. I usually try to do those earlier, but I forgot this time around so my bad on that Neverwinter Nights is available uh, uh, on Steam right now as is Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms and uh, both of them are incorporating tons of D&D lore within them um, and I can't wait Fun. There's, there's going to be lots more stuff. I think even Diath from the Waffle Crew is joining uh, the ranks of the Idol champions. Very soon they announced that this past weekend. So
1: Whoa. Good
0: stuff happening there. And, of course, all the great work uh, that being Dug does on the Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition is well worth your time. Do that, too. All right. Yes. We have the interview after this segment. Listen okay. to Chris Perkins talk about smoke powder smoke with a bing and a bong. Smoke powder? Bong. Bing. bing. Bong. 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 Bing. Bing. (laughs) Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. My name is Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Mr. Chris
2: Perkins. Hi there.
0: How are you this fine day? I am great. Excellent. We are going to learn in this segment, where we talk about little bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore that you can use in your game, About smoke powder. Right. very important uh, development. Yes. Not (laughs) smoke powder,
2: but smoke powder.
0: Exactly. Right. you got to have the sound effects. Yes, exactly. It's very important to know the diffs.
2: Right. Smoke powder is a magic item in D&D. It is a magically made powder used to basically fire projectiles. Um, And... It is different from gunpowder in the sense that it's not pure alchemy to make it. You have to make it with magic the same way you make a magic potion or a magic scroll or a magic wand or any other magic item. Um... Smoke powder requires that magical expertise. Does so, it
0: require a specific, uh, you know, uh, uh, alchemical compound as well, or does it? Could you make you, it out of you anything? Ha-
2: you have to use materials, just like you would use materials to make any magic item. Mm. Materials are needed to make smoke powder, but the manner of its creation is as, uh, as old and well guarded as the the process for creating a wand of magic missiles, or a plus one sword, or you know a cloak of invisibility. Right. So it's something that's like, you know,
0: it, it, is, right. it, is, it is either yeah. passed down or discovered yeah. right. with yeah. lots of
2: exactly. energy. Um, and so uh, it was created exp- specifically for the purpose of making explosions. Um Is it like uh,
0: Earth's history where it like fireworks and shows, uh, uh, you know, were the impetus
2: or or the beginning? It was kind of done as a, let's see if we can do this. Mm. And look, oh, look, it turns out we were successful. We blew up a lot to get here, but um, here we go. In some respects, it's a little superfluous because wizards can already create fiery explosions through spells like fireball and things. So this is like... Why do we need a powder to do what we can just do? Yeah, but you know, you can sell this powder to somebody who can't cast who fireballs, who is not a wizard, and suddenly they can blow shit up. Yes. So,
0: who uh, who created it? Who was the the discoverer slash?
2: Um, we don't say it was one particular person. Um, its its inventor is lost time. Plus, we 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 know that smoke powder has appeared on more than just one world in D anD. d So obviously the secrets of its making have slipped out from here and there um, and it wasn't forgotten realms it was not it's genesis mm. in, in the dungeons and dragons world was it i'm trying to remember if its first appearance was faerunian or Crinian, or it might have been greyhawk um, because smoke powder appears oh no it may have been mastica now not mastica um, mistara
3: Oh. oh, boy. Uh, oh. Yeah,
2: because I'm thinking Red Steel, the, which is sort of an extension of, of Mastara had, had smoke powder elements in it, too. Suffice to say, it has crept its way into all of the old worlds um, and, and appeared irregularly. Mm. I remember it from – I first saw it in the Skullport accessory for the Forgotten Realms first – or second edition. Second as, an item, as an item that you could purchase? It, there was a system in place oh. uh, that basically told you how it worked, where to get it, and what it did. And if you put it in like you know, a blunderbuss, it did this. If you put it in a flintlock pistol, it did this. And blah, 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 blah. Interesting. You could get kegs of it. You could get packs of it. You could get horns of it. Ooh, all kinds of A keg of, of it would be very uh, so, expensive, right? Uh, yeah, it would. It will also be very dangerous because um, smoke powder is even more volatile than gunpowder. Uh, exposure to air can set it off. Jostling it can set it off. Um, Certainly hurling it will set it off. What about sneezing? Um, If you sneeze in it, you might set it off. (laughs) Blow your nose (laughs) off in the process. Do not have allergies. Uh, So it's very, very dangerous, which is why it appeals mostly to, in Kryn, tinker gnomes. Of course. um, Who use it in devices like belchers, which are basically cannons. Right. uh, Small gnome cannons. Um, and uh, Lantanese wizards who can basically experiment with the stuff on their private little island and not disturb anybody. It is illegal in Waterdeep. It is. Yes, because of its volatile nature.
0: Things have been destroyed many a time and they're like, just get it out of yeah. here. You can't yes. have it.
2: You can keep your fireballs. That's okay, I guess. But, yeah, this, <laughs> this unstable substance is not uh, legal in Waterdeep.
0: Now, is that actually... in? Forced? is mm-hmm. that like a as thing best that...
2: as best as they can. The watchful order of magists and protectors will arrest you for possessing and or selling smoke powder within city limits. If they see it, you're, right. you're, you're, you're busted. Yes. Now, certain intrepid individuals get around that by selling it in Skullport or on in the harbor. You know, outside <laughs> in yeah, right. outside of the realm of city law, where they can get arrested. That makes sense. Um, other cities have likewise uh, forbidden smoke powder. Some don't care. Um, I think you can buy it in Baldur's Gate, uh, I might be it's wrong. The, I might be wrong area. about that, um, but there's at least a few places where you can get it. Um, and is it? Uh,
0: I mean, with something so valuable that could be created by wizards, it seems like they're, you know. It, A, there would be a supply problem, or Mm -hmm. B, there would be, you know, industrious wizards who would be like, I'm just going to spend my whole life making this to fund my other stuff.
2: Right, there are some that will do that, yes. And when they do that and they sell it to somebody, you might run into that somebody, and uh, they'll be using it for their own nefarious purposes. I'm not spilling too many beans by saying that uh, the reason why we're talking about this is because it does crop up in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh Ah. So, in the hands of people who... Might be able to use it properly, and people who don't. But it is illegal in Waterdeep, and the people who have it know that. <laughs> so they they may, they may be okay <laughs> with being illegal. Is that what you're trying to say? At least, at least one creature in Waterdeep Dragon Heist is hoarding it. Um, uh, and well, so, that's not a
0: good idea either. No, if it's, it's not all in one place,
2: is it? Uh, it kind of sort of is. Oh no, yeah, yeah kind of sort of is. So wow. are, if the characters find out about it, well, madness could ensue. <laughs> exactly, yeah, wackiness. Uh,
0: so I know there's also some people, uh, and by people I mean people in our world, who don't necessarily enjoy uh, right. uh, that type of thing in your game. Yes. What, 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 yeah, you, little, what do you mean?
2: little chocolate and the peanut butter kind of action going on yeah. there. At the, you know, f- firearms in D&D have always had kind of a love-hate relationship um, with, with fans. Uh, we, we include them in the core rules. They're described in the Dungeon Master's Guide um, because – Often a D&D campaign will not be so far set in the dark ages that it prohibits the existence of firearms. Yeah. And, and often might- even in a world of magic, there is a narrative reason why firearms might exist or might have been created. Hey, you know, magic stopped operating for a while. So people decided to scientifically come up with or magically come up with an alternative. Or, you know, wizards are forbidden or whatever. They've all been killed off or something like that. So yeah, there could anything. always be a reason. Right. There's always a narrative reason to imagine how this substance could come into being. In the case of tinker gnomes, um, tinker gnomes want to make things blow up even if they have no magic of their own to do it. So, yeah.
0: Um, well, what do you know uh, if there's if there's stuff that's in the 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 plots where, you know, NPCs or, or right. other creatures yes. might have it. That's one thing. But if you want characters, yes,
2: yeah. it. Yes. A DM always has the ability to sort of strip it out of the hands of NPCs and just not include it. It's like, okay, we're not going to actually give these guys firearms or not going to get, we're going to take the smoke powder away. When it falls into the hands of the characters, mm-hmm. that can be a different sort of thing. Um, and a DM really has to be conscious about making the choice. Am I going to allow firearms in the campaign? Because that's kind of going to change the complexion a little bit. It does. Now, in previous editions... Um, there may have been things may have been balanced in such a way that it could have thrown the game off. In fifth edition, because we knew we were putting firearms in the core rules for the DM to use as they will, uh, we made sure to try to balance them so that they're really no better than their comparable normal um, ranged weapons. A longbow or a heavy crossbow will pro- is probably a better weapon for you than any firearm. Right. Um, in terms of your ability to load it, the dangers of having it, uh, the damage it puts out, the range that it has, um, almost always you're going to find that firearms are kind of a substandard uh, option. Now, and that was and, put in place so that it didn't overpower the correct. campaign. Yeah, or or the characters didn't feel like they had to all now have firearms to make the game work. Yeah, and honestly. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking very primitive firearms here. And historically, primitive firearms were unreliable and not that much better than other conventional weaponry of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't, not until much later, did firearms become more accurate and do more damage. So um, the firearms that you typically see in a D&D campaign and the firearms that appear scattershot <laughs> throughout um, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist are not going to throw your campaign out of whack, even if the characters end up getting all of it. That's fine. And gods help them if they find a keg of smoke powder. They might do a lot of damage to it, but they're just as likely to blow themselves up. Yeah, do as much damage to themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So good luck with that.
0: I like it being a, uh, a plot device or a MacGuffin in a way where like, okay, you got to get yeah. the keg to here or, you know, right. oh, you're traveling with this keg and, yes. by the way, Bobby blew up. And yes. What are we going to do about that? Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And and uh, I've always been a fan of adventures, adventures that put things in the character's hands, but then they have to really kind of think about the consequences or whether it's worth the the danger or getting arrested or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, because there could be a lot of, of inherent
0: yeah. problems with that. Yes. Real yeah. quick. Right, yes, absolutely. Um, is there... A way to neutralize it? Is there a way to yes. uh, basically just dis- like will a dispel spell?
2: Yeah, and, uh, like like any magic item, um, or like any magic item, it does not function within an anti magic field. Ah. Uh, and uh, you can basically neutralize uh, the substance either with like a dispel magic or um, uh, hell, you just throw it in a throw it in the lake if you want to. <laughs> I mean. Oh, well, will water make yeah. it not – Because Actually, that's a really good question. I don't know. Um, because if it's a magical It might thing, actually be fine underwater now that I think about it. It yeah. would be kind of cool and, and sort of set it apart uh, that it would still function underwater. In fact, there's nothing, as I recall, nothing in the write-up of smoke powder um, that says that water – contact with water causes it to explode. So – well, that's good. Yeah, that is good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, jostling it, so if you dropped it into the right, water, yes. it would blow up. Right, yes. But if you could store it underwater and then pull it back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be, it's not, that'd be it's fun. not actual fire that it's yeah. making. It's yeah. magical fire, and mm-hmm. you can do that with something that's wet. No problem. Yes.
2: yeah. Now, most players um, would carry around smoke powder in small little sealed packets that – wouldn't cause almost like sugar packets. Okay. That wouldn't cause the it to move around or jostle around too much. And it would give you just enough to basically load a firearm once and fire it. Oh, I see. Um as opposed to walking around with a big keg on your arm, which is <laughs> <it's> <laughs> a bad idea in general. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see a guy walking around and like I'm showing up
0: to the keg party. Oh God, no. Yeah, no. Wrong yeah. keg. Yeah. <laughs> You picked up the wrong thing.
2: So yeah, smoke powder has is always one of those things where it's kind of out on the fringe. It's a little bit risque uh, to include in the campaign because you're kind of putting a stake in the ground and saying, okay, we're no longer purely medieval here. We're going to go into some sort of magical gunpowder show, right? But there, um, I mean, but Dungeons and Dragons does yes. exist in
0: this but, not quasi but, yeah, real. But in a
2: world period. where you know you have smoke powder next to a wand of wonder, you know.
0: Choose the wand of wonder every time.
2: Yeah. And besides, you know, what what one is more inappropriate to a medieval setting than the other? (laughs) Really? I mean, so mm, once you get over that hang up and you realize it's just another magic item in the game, then it becomes less of an obstacle.
0: That makes much more sense, right? You know, it doesn't become the genre busting thing that you might think it is.
2: Yeah. It's no more weird than dust of disappearance. Yeah in terms of its you know, place in the universe. That's true. Yeah. Now, that being said, you still, if you don't want it to overpower your game or whatever, it's very
0: easy just yes. to, to, yeah.
2: to excise it out yeah. or, or, or put limits As on always. your players yeah. to, to be right. able to use it the way yes. you want it to. Right. You can always just say a firearm ceases to work because it breaks. Yeah. And you're not going to find anybody probably in the city who can fix it. <laughs> Unless you go to Skullport. But even right. that creates right. Right. You know, story hooks yeah. along Unless the way. Once you run good. out of s- smoke powder, your firearms are basically useless. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can pistol whip somebody in the yeah. face, unless a GIF bombard lands in the harbor, and then you're in, you're in, back in business.
0: <laughs> and now, after you know your portrayal of uh, uh, of the GIF in Dice Camera Action, yeah. so many more people are going to be adding them into their game just for that. Probably,
2: list. yay, mission accomplished. Yes, Pippen.
0: Yes, <laughs> excellent. So, uh, if people ha- want to ask you any more advice about how to blow up their party, uh, how can they do that?
2: I am on Twitter at d. Oh, fuck. I'm on t- <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. N-
0: You've changed it to D&D Chris Bergen? Yeah, sorry. D&D Chris Bergen. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks a lot, Chris. You're welcome. We'll be back next week with even more lore in your face. Great. All right. I really enjoyed that uh, lore segment. I feel like I know so much more after talking with Chris Bergen every should. single time.
1: It's definitely something you
0: should know. <laughs> it's, it's true. It is true. As, as someone who works for the Dungeons and the Dragons... I want to know about them. Yes. And, uh, and in the, this case, how magical gunpowder works. But now yeah. we
1: do. Never thought about it before. I
0: know. I know. But it's basically a magic item.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That uh, blows up our hearts. Wait. That's not a good thing. No. I made it sound like it was a good
1: thing. It blows up our hearts. Oh. In a joyful way. In a
0: joyful way for all of us to enjoy. In
1: a positive way.
0: Uh, speaking of things to enjoy, yeah, it is this interview. Yay,
1: I did enjoy.
0: I can't wait uh, for you all to hear Trent and Eric uh, talk about uh, what's going on with their company. So let's listen in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have Eric Jordan from Cone Name Entertainment. Hello. Hello. And uh, Mr. Minsk and Boo uh, from Beam Dog. Hi, Trent. How are ya? I'm well, <laughs> you?
1: I'm well. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed that you're not wearing that costume again.
4: That's because it takes two hours to do the bald cap, and that is – that is. there are a few things that I've felt in my life that are as interesting as the, uh, like, 4 p.m. head slush thing.
3: <laughs> the,
4: it kind of builds up some water in there and you head back and forth.
0: Oh, wait. Is yeah. that a thing? Wow. That is, that is, that is gross. Man. Do you just
1: kind of, like, peel the cap open a little and just let it all just run down the side of your yeah. face?
0: Yeah,
4: <laughs> and it runs down your neck and your shirt, and you're like oh. –
1: and it tastes like what's in my water bottle.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's, it's the, the, the Tito sweat. is There it is. It's true. Uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Trent Oster uh, dressed as Minsk during the stream of Many Eyes in so, Los Angeles.
1: It was so good. It I tuned good. in, and I immediately saw you, and I was like, oh, my God, Minsk and Boo are there. I didn't know it was you. I didn't know it was you until the end of the event.
4: That's awesome. A lot of people didn't, and, and there was we had this whole table, where it was uh, Chris was there as, as Earth the moneylender. Yeah. And then we had uh, Ed Greenwood as Elminster, and then there was me and uh, we had uh, Mark Muir there as as Alvaeus Malkanter. There's so many people who came up and they saw us and they were all excited about it. And we're like, they're gonna get home, they're gonna talk to their friends and they'll realize who all the people were at the table and they'll be blown away.
0: Right. They loved That's the characters, so crazy. but they didn't even but, realize that the- I the, didn't know. Yeah, it's, it's insane. I thought
1: you were a paid actor. <laughs>
4: I was an unpaid actor. <laughs> did you know?
1: Did you know that you had Minsk inside of you like that?
4: I, I didn't. I was uh, I was totally hedging my bets. I was like, I may bring a costume to the stream of many eyes. I may show up as a character, and then uh, just about a week before, I committed to it. What? Who did the that, costume? Uh, a friend of ours downstairs, actually. So our office, we're up on a second story, and the first store is a, kind of like a, a Wiccan shop that sells clothing and stuff. I've oh, no uh, got a friend down there who's a fashion designer, and she's a leather worker. So I, I, I went down, and I was talking to her, and I'm like, so I'm thinking about making this suit out of leather armor. And she said, well, the first thing you should do is you should stop thinking about it, and you should just tell me what you want, and I'll build it. And oh. Like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. And then I showed her some pictures, and she's like, wow, that's, that's going to be challenging. When do you need it? I was like, oh, I need it in like a week and a half. She's like, I could do that.
1: <laughs> sounds like a Project Runway challenge.
4: Yeah, make it, it was, work. It was make it work. Insane. So she actually, uh, we came up with some ways to kind of work around the difficulties of the of the costume, but she was able to knock it out in, like, 10 days, 11 days. Oh, my God. And then she gave it to me, and then she asked if she could take it home overnight and just distress the leather a bit. She thought it looked too neat. She looked. Oh. She said it looked like Minsk went off to his first war.
1: <laughs> oh.
4: And so she gotta, figured that Minsk, was, like Minsk his... was a pretty hardened veteran, so he needed a, he needed a little damage on his armor. So well,
1: it She took perfect. it home
4: the last night and uh, distressed it. That's pretty cool. Where
1: did Boo come from?
4: Boo, we... Store? No, no, he was, uh, he was plastic. Was the only way we could uh, stab
0: a pin through him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say,
1: well, my daughter had a hamster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Forty years ago, and it's been... And ironically,
1: uh, he we went missing. We just spray
4: lacquered <laughs> him and put him on. <laughs>
1: Nobody's seen him since the day before the stream of Many Eyes. And
0: nobody was complaining about the smell at all. Nope. <laughs>
1: he looked so real. It was
0: crazy. And then Eric, great. of course, you were in costume uh, for, for, for Codename there. As uh, as yourself in a my <laughs> kilt. Actually,
3: the funny thing about that costume was it was all things that I owned, and most of it were things I wore on a daily basis, except for the waistcoat piece that I had. Everything else was like my normal kilt and boots and stuff. Nice. Do you do you wear those on a
0: daily basis, or I thought that was just special events whenever you were hung out with Dungeons and Dragons?
3: Oh no 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 no! Actually, I've been wearing kilts for five years, pretty much every day now. I had not realized how comfortable they were until I got my first one at a uh, Gen Con, I guess five years ago, and was like, these are insanely comfortable. And so, sort of transitioned all of my wardrobe over. And occasionally, if I wear jeans, I'm like, oh, this oh. is not as good. I don't, <laughs> you... I don't like this. I don't feel as <laughs> free all of a sudden. I don't think <laughs> yes.
1: I could picture you in jeans.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah, definitely. I have people who come up to me, and they'll be like at an event, and they're like, oh, I started talking to someone else because I saw they were wearing a kilt. And then I looked up and realized it wasn't you. So, <laughs> and they're quite a distinctive thing.
1: It looked up. Always look up. Look him in the eyes. That's
3: Jeez. right. Yeah, I know. Not My down eyes eyes at the kilt. Rude. <laughs> exactly. How rude.
1: I yeah. <laughs> up here, man.
3: <laughs> I have to say, wearing a kilt, you do get... I get like an average of one comment a day from some random stranger walking up to me asking me about typically either the kilt or the boots um and of course yeah the comments kind of tend to fall and sort of a a set of things and and there is a a surprising freedom that people feel to ask whether or not you're wearing underwear if you're wearing a kilt which is like it's a strange i'm like you know what other social context is there that you can just randomly walk up to a stranger and ask if they're wearing underwear i don't
4: feel
1: like there's any yeah any time that's kind of where i was
3: going with so yeah (laughs) Unless
0: you see a kid running somewhere and you're like, Dude.
1: well, yeah, unless it's, it's well, your true. own child, who's <laughs> An adult Let's leaving the, the house without pants on,
0: yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, that's uh, so. Yeah, it was a lot of fun having you guys there. Uh, being at the stream of many eyes. What uh, you know? Was there anything you wanted to report on on being there on the anything boots on the ground?
1: Greg could do better.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. What this he's is trying yeah. to. Ask. This is a feedback session. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I like think the stream just was just anything. awesome um, mm-hmm. some of the people, the volunteers like Dustin just doing an amazing job helping out and uh, it felt like this crazy kind of community and it, it it almost felt like a hippie love-in and by the end of it I was feeling just so happy and then afterwards I was kind of in this depressed post streamed many eyes state oh. I'm like can I just crawl back there? Can I just go <laughs> back? Does it want to go back in there?
0: It was yeah. my happy place. Satine, I think Satine described it best. Where he said it was a happiness hangover. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. It definitely felt like a, oh man, a couple of days. I'm still coming down from it right now. I'm like oh yeah, that was. I can't believe that was more than a month
3: ago at this point. Was it really? It's, yeah, I know. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, I walking on to set the first time and kind of seeing water deep like that was just. It was really kind of awe inspiring.
4: Well, my favorite moment was watching people especially the fans, when they came into the set for the first time. And there was kind of like this five-minute stun effect that hit them, where they just kind of wandered around and stared at everything in slow motion. And then after about five minutes, they recovered and, and started walking at normal speed again. But there was that initial phase where they were just stunned.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. You realize that's a big, giant foot just there. That just hanging awesome. out. Yeah. That's a tow.
3: <laughs> well, I think it was really, it was well set up that they came in, you know, I guess waiting outside in the sun and then came in through that dark alley and then walked in and, you know, you saw kind of the courtyard of Waterdeep and, you know, we were the second booth in and so they would still be quite <laughs> in shock when they were kind of coming up to our booth and be just like, oh my God. It, it, and it was interesting being on there for a couple of days because like I remember that when I first walked on, feeling like, oh my God, this is so incredible. But by the third day, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in Waterdeep again. This is really great. Um, but not. But then you kind of see reflected back in the, the eyes of the people when they were first attending, what, like, you know, oh yeah, I remember how amazing this is. And then it went away. Right, right. Aww. But it then, wasn't permanent, Greg. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> it yeah. was like, permanently there.
0: <laughs> I know. Wouldn't it be great to go to that, like, a water deep all the time, and just it was yes. an always-on theme park that you could go to? How great would that be? Well, did think have
3: think you a guys theme park feel feel to me, it. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: D&D Land? Yeah. Oh, D&D Land. Waterdeep Land. Come <laughs> join. Uh, yeah,
1: it could have, like, a, an amusement park with a water park area.
0: Oh, and actually do some water. De- yeah. <laughs> You're like, go down the water deep. Plume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and you guys were there for, you know, uh, all, all three of the days for some of them beforehand too. So I think the space got better over the three days as well as uh, Aaron, the set designer was adding more and more stuff to it every single day, painting uh, last second as things were still happening. So it was a culmination uh, of stuff that the, the public got to see on day three on Sunday that we didn't get, you know, because we, we, Saw it almost incrementally grow and change over those those couple of days. So I was
3: jealous of them for that. Yeah, definitely true. Our booth was changing each day. Our booth had more things added to it, and so yeah, so sort of, it was the penultimate on Sunday. It got more flavor there for sure. And then on Sunday, you had uh, uh, Scott Kurtz and Holly Conrad coming to the booth. We did. Yeah, yeah. That was actually it was. I mean, somewhat last minute in terms of like, oh, this might be fun. Um, and it was actually, I was really glad we did it because, uh, I mean, obviously they're both really awesome. And it was great to kind of have one of the the champions from our game being there in the flesh and uh, and having people interact with them. So we were like, ah, oh, that worked out well.
0: It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Seeing Strix and Binwin uh, uh, embody their characters while also being their creators was was pretty cool. Well,
3: oh, what I think it's person. Cool. Especially for Scott because he hasn't had a chance to kind of dress up and get to be Benwin recently, and so for him it was he was like, "Oh, I'm so happy to get to be Benwin again." And Dan definitely has some huge fans who would be like, "Oh my God, it's Scott Kurtz! I've been reading your stuff. I love Benwin." So that was really awesome to see. That was fun. I loved it.
0: I loved it. I know. Now we just now we got to top it. I don't know what we're gonna do yeah. uh, uh, for for the stream of next year. <laughs> <The>
4: stream <laughs> so of next year. I, I, I ran into Holly in this in the hallway behind there, and. She didn't recognize me and I didn't recognize her. Oh, my God. We actually know each other outside of it. And she's like, Great Mitz costume. I was like, you are creepy. Just <laughs> looking at Strix. And she's got her eyes and everything. I'm like, oh, wow, the that eyes, is amazing. Yeah. And then about an hour later, she came by and she's like, Trent, is that you? And I'm like, Holly? <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: oh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> But she was like, hey, look at this. And she's got a little LED thing within her, kind of in the folds of her costume. And she can change the color of her uh, staff. So she's like, oh, look, oh. I'm going to change the color of my staff.
0: So, yeah. I love all that. Her props are amazing. The like little bits of potions and the, the, the trash that she has in her bags oh, that
3: yeah.
0: all mean something. I loved it.
3: It was so cool when we were working with her to, to move um, Strix and create Strix in our game. Um, she could give us these like really detailed photos of all of the elements of her costume <laughs> because she'd built it all, right? And so she's like, oh, here's this, and here's this, and here's this. And um, one of the things in the game is we have these cards representing equipment. And so Kat, the artist who worked on that, you know, did it went to great lengths to capture kind of the authenticity of each of the pieces because Holly had so much detail. And I guess Chris Perkins had given her you know a long list here's all this stuff that you've got and then she'd gone and built it all and then we used that as reference to sort of translate into the game
0: yeah when does that ever happen for
3: uh, a video game company to have actual (laughs) real world uh, photos be your (laughs) reference points Well, certainly it's the difference, uh, what we found, because we've got, you know, characters like, you know, obviously we recently added Deacon into the game. And so we've got characters like Deacon in the game and, of course, Menskin Boo. And then we've got characters that are coming from influencers. And one of the differences is that when we're working with an influencer, it, it's it's kind of like you get to talk to the character directly. I mean, it's not quite you're talking to Holly, and Holly isn't Strix, but you know, there's a very close and intimate connection between those two two identities. Um, and and you're not talking to, you know, like obviously talking to Trent, you could talk about a whole a whole selection of characters that he's had a chance to work with. Um, whereas Holly's like you're talking about Strix and in great great detail on that. So it's it's interesting. They're just both both different.
1: So what is that process though? Like if you're gonna add them, like how how much. Do you, or like, the time that you start talking to the person who created these characters to when they show up in the game. What is that? What's that process?
3: Uh, what is that process? Um, so, it's doesn't doesn't matter which that we're doing. Like so, when we started working on Deacon, or before when we're working on Strix or Benwin or Evelyn, um, it all kind of starts with an initial design session where we kind of try to identify what are the sort of key thematic elements that we really need to translate for that character to come across as capturing the essence of that character. Um, And then one of the things that we hit on is really this idea of wanting to not capture that character at a particular moment in time because, you know, lots of different characters exist across, you know, they they represent, they're maybe in novels and they're in video games and they are all sorts of different spots. And so they can... um, end up having different, you know, are they old? Are they young? Where are they in their career? So we want to do kind of a, a best of, a greatest hits sort of version of the character. Um, and so it was really interesting, like when we were chatting with uh, Anna about Evelyn, you know, what was was Evelyn going to even be human or not? Like what form was Evelyn even going to be in? And so we sort of, you know, chatted that through with uh, to Anna to kind of come up with that. And so we sort of come up with this, here's the kind of key pieces and the most iconic aspects of equipment and abilities and stuff like that. And. And then Justin and, uh, and former Wizards employee Chris Dubuis will go off and you know come up with uh, sort of what the design specs are going to be around that. And then we'll start also proofing out uh, concept art and then getting concept art out as well as sort of here's what we see the abilities being and what they would do within the game.
1: Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. That huh. is really cool. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, but now let's we can talk about it a little bit more, the character of Deacon. Yeah. Deacon. Yeah, where is, is Deacon in Neverwinter Nights?
4: That is correct. That's where he came
0: from. Nice. Aww. And what uh, what kind of a character is he for 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 folks that don't know? Like Shelly, the- I
1: actually <laughs> I didn't know, but I googled him. So there. So you know He's now. Oh,
3: there you go. A I know of the he is a Damn.
1: kobold bard. He's a writer. He's very artsy, and he defied like gravity? the typical and gravity <laughs> but the typical kobold upbringing. He doesn't like the life of like mining. And fighting, he just wants to like chill and be poetic, right? Am I close?
4: You were very close. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds so like a cool dude. So when Deacon leader. was authored, he was he was a the concept was we wanted to create a character a, a, a monster <laughs> character that was outside the box what people would expect. And the idea of a kobold bard really came out of well we'll, we'll make a, a more intelligent kobold. Oh, well, what would be a fun kind of way to direct to kind of drag him and doing him as a bard and having him sing and he just kind of kept growing and growing and growing and, and uh, Dave Gator wrote him and, and Dave kind of injected a lot of himself into Deacon
1: Aww.
4: like when we had the Hordes of the Underdark meeting it had been in development for a while and then we kind of had a almost like a, a, a strategy meeting where we were like how is it going and, and how's it feeling and, and I, I kind of stomped into it and I'm like guys This is epic level. This is 40th level stuff. I want this adventure to be epic, 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 epic. (laughs) And so uh, in his writing, Deacon uh, talks about his boss and how his boss is kind of a jerk. (laughs) And (laughs) he kept doing revisions of the story. And uh, his boss said, make it more epic, Deacon. (gasps) Epic, epic, epic. And I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) He just trolled me.
0: (laughs) In in your own game, he trolled you.
4: So it happens. It I've been I've been mocked in my own games before. It just continues to happen.
0: I love that. That's like the perfect bard thing, though. To do is to to uh, uh, you know use the performance to mock the the circumstances of their creation. I love it.
1: And he speaks about himself in third person, and he's afraid of dragons.
0: Well, that came right from Trent, right? right?
1: Like Trent, <laughs> Trent, who's also afraid of dragons. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: I, I usually don't speak about myself in that
4: third
0: person. <laughs> <laughs> but you are scared of dragons. I mean, who is?
4: I mean, really? Who isn't? The have a fear effect. <laughs> like Fifteen foot radius. There's a reason for that.
0: It's true. So uh, this awesome kobold bard is now a champion in available within
3: idle champions. When is right? When does yeah, that? Yeah. Did that already begin, or is that starting soon? No, that already began uh, last last week wednesday thursday something like that it was last week no no thursday it was on our stream last week we uh we have this uh, new button and we press the button, and it went live. <laughs> 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 I think there's some some copyright trademark infringement there uh, inherent in, in that. <laughs> I thought button. you
1: could like just order paper and stuff. I didn't know you could actually there you go. Yeah, exactly. we can
3: have whole new features. In our game. I yes. gotta get one. Boom! I know it's it's totally wired up to all of our <laughs> server
0: logic. So. how come Beamdog doesn't have this technology? We
3: we have buttons. We have
0: mini
4: buttons. <laughs> <laughs> they just do slightly different things. What about easy buttons? <laughs>
0: They're uh, not. It doesn't happen. Automatically, yeah. no. No,
4: no. Our button triggers a, an, an alarm, which a person gets up and runs from their desk to another desk <laughs> to type things in. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but, you see, if you had a, a, a robotic, robotic walking desk, you'd be able oh. to save all those steps.
4: There is, there is that.
1: <laughs> I, we need, why don't we? I know. What yeah. if all of our desks looked like loaf? Yes. And we could just, like, sit on our back.
0: And hey, Tito. you could actually be a drider in, in real life. I think you need more office space. That's true. We might. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta get rid of those magic heads. We don't need them. Yeah, we'll get rid of
1: yeah, <laughs> we'll get rid of ninety five percent of the company. <laughs> so easy. we can have our dryer desk. Press the
0: easy button. That's what they're for. That's right.
1: Exactly. Press it. Eric, press it. See what happens.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> you you really help Actually the out. funny thing about this button is you press. I'm not sure Harry see if you Oh
1: did. my God, they're gonna get so many
3: offices. That was easy. There we go. <laughs> but there's that delay between pressing it and actually saying something, which surprised me the first time I used it. So. You just kept you pressing go. it? Yeah. Yeah. A when's, of the, when's it going to say? Something? Paper?
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what did you just order? I wonder.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, maybe uh, buffing Deacon. There we go. <laughs> a buff for Deacon.
0: Oh. Everybody's got a button now. he will just get buffed all over the place. <laughs> uh, so what was that like working uh, together, uh, you know, taking, I mean, I guess you did it with M- Minsk and Boo uh, uh, previously, but, you know, having two game companies crossing the streams here?
3: I think it was, it was um, actually pretty easy in the sense that, um, well, I mean, we're both... Game devs, and so that's good. Um, and the we our primary contact was Lee, who actually had been in Victoria and in a previous job had worked with our director of marketing. And so the two of them were able to be like, okay, here's what we need, blah, blah, blah. and so we were able to get a lot of wonderful reference stuff incredibly easily, which was great. Convenient. <laughs> it's yeah. a small industry. Yeah, <laughs> that is cool. I didn't realize Lee had worked with Clive before. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, they both worked at a company called Tiny Mob um, years before. Yeah, and so it's true.
0: All Canadian game developers uh, have worked together at some point. Well, all, all Canadians actually.
4: <laughs> I knew it. I think it's it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's in in Canada in the game industry, it's like three degrees. Yes.
3: It's, isn't it like one degree from EA? I think. That was yeah. so. <laughs> you have suffered your time at EA. You've done yeah. your tour of duty. Yeah. Especially, I think, on the western Canada. I mean, it's hard to be it's in true. a game studio without running into someone who hasn't worked or has worked at EA. At some point, I feel like for Eastern Canada,
0: it's Ubisoft now at this point.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Ubisoft. I think there's over 2,000 people in that studio, and I, EA is like 1,300 or so in Burnaby. So, I mean, they're big yeah. studios. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, both of you, you know, going through the the process of of starting up your own studios. Uh, what's What's that like as far as you know? Uh, 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 I don't know, just having that founder mentality. What's, I, I feel like the two of you have some, some cross purposes there.
4: The, the big question is always how hard could it possibly be? And the answer <laughs> yeah. is, oh, my God, this hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like being acid in the face constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I have never done anything where you can go from being on top of the world to being worthless gutter trash so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking sometimes two or three times a day. You're like, it's all awesome. We are the horriblest of the horrible. We are worthless, oh, worthless, oh worthless slime. And then later in the day, you're like, we're awesome again. We did it. Or you go home at night, you're like, I'm slime
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotions.
4: Yep. And yeah. uh, if you're deprived of sleep, it gets even better. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I should point out, so I didn't start our company. It was started by Dave and Justin. Um, were the two co-founders for us. So I joined uh, actually f- after four years is when I joined. But it was still very much an early kind of eh, startup mode, if you will. Right. So, yeah, and I started a company before this. And, yeah, there are a lot of similarities. <laughs> and I totally agree with Trent. It is it's an incredible roller coaster ride. And I think one of the... Things about starting a company and kind of building a company is is that your ability to manage stress and deal with kind of great deals of uncertainty for long periods of time is a useful skill.
0: <laughs> is that yes. a skill so much as a as a as a uh, callus? <laughs> 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 After continual
4: shocking and (laughs) torture responses, your reaction starts to diminish.
3: There's that. There's elements. (laughs) Well, I mean, but I think actually more seriously, I do think you, I mean, if you stay in that role, you do develop strategies for dealing with stress, right? Like you, you know, whether it's meditation, which I've done a lot of, or it's, you know, exercise or i don't know maybe trent doing all the metal work you're doing like yep, it's you know i think you cute. develop skills to manage that because it is it is a lot of stress and i think that's something that people who haven't done it before and start something kind of like oh my god and you're like well actually you need to like consciously do things to manage this because it's just too much otherwise yeah
4: yeah there's few things on the earth that are as calming as smashing hot metal into something else <laughs> that's uh, definitely a relaxing thing by the time you're done you have you have no tension left in you. That's
0: good. I didn't. Re- yeah, I didn't know. I have an my outlet. <laughs> now I want to get some hot metal and start smashing hot it. Hot metal. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Let's
1: change the name of this podcast. Hot, hot metal. <laughs>
0: hot me- that's our band. <laughs> Maybe that's our dun. bard. Our bard band. Okay. We'll get Deacon on board, and it'll be fun. Smashing oh. hot metal. Yes. Smashing hot metal. It's like better than smashing pumpkins. It is. <laughs> yeah. Dumb. Because uh, we get that a lot. I mean, people are always asking, like, how do we break into the industry is always a question. But I then know, also, like, then if, I, if I wanted to start up a company, how would I do it? Sounds and, like uh, you shouldn't. Sounds like you shouldn't. Or start <laughs> from relaxation.
4: <laughs> it, that, I mean, I've, I've never been trained for anything that I'm doing. I am a computer science dropout. And uh, in the summer of my third year, we started a company that later became BioWare. And then after a long time there, 2007 I left or sorry 2009 I left and uh, started Beamdog there was kind of no question that I would start something it's like let's see I'm in Alberta I know how to make games and there are no game companies here besides Bioware what should I do with my? I know I'll make a game company Uh, (laughs) double the
1: industry
0: (laughs) 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 we'll invite them to the chamber of commerce
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs> Isn't it your birthday, Trent? Not what? your birthday. It's, I guess Beam Dog's yeah. birthday, oh. though. Beam Dog's ninth birthday. Nine oh, happy today. birthday, Beam
0: Dog. Which I will yeah. always remember because it's my daughter's birthday. So.
1: Oh, it's oh. right. Happy oh. birthday, Fiona. Yeah. yeah. She, nice.
0: was, she was inspired.
1: <laughs> you were inspired. My,
0: my wife and I were playing uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. <laughs> 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 and we we're like, we should make our own game. <laughs> nah, let's just,
1: <laughs> make a let's just
0: have children's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So where do I'm always curious uh, where the name came from? Beamdog. Beamdog? Yeah.
4: So Beamdog came out of this idea we were we were building a portal for people to be able to download games and just have them work when they hit their PC. At the time, the PC gaming experience was was actually pretty bad. So we came up with this way of essentially virtualizing video games so we could distribute them ready to play. And so we had built this kind of transform transfer platform, kind of like Steam. Mm-hmm. So we were like we want to name it and we want the name to be representative. So Beam Dog is actually transfer companion. Mm. Beam to transfer oh. and dog, he's your buddy. Yeah. Tell you how it should be. He's like, tell me what you want to oh do. My other, God. I'm all happy. So Beam Dog.
1: That's really cool.
0: And I always thought it was a play on Blink Dog. I don't know why.
1: I think that's what I picture when I yeah. picked her beam, beam Dog.
0: Right, like Blink. You know, here's your game's there. <laughs>
4: <to> the <name. laughs> that's what's like baggage oh, to That's you, a great
0: name, right? When it's like it means different things for different people. You and, can
1: start your own game company called <laughs> Blink
0: Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll put everybody crazy. out of business in Canada. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm not going to do that.
1: No.
4: I
0: shall not start my own game company.
4: No, we will not.
0: Because I don't have the calluses that you guys have. <laughs>
4: No, no, you will—you'll will be a sobbing mess inside of here. <laughs> He's
1: already kind of.
0: It's true. I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I cry at meetings all the time.
1: <laughs> it's very sensitive.
0: It's a very important part of uh, of, of of making games is to be Crying in touch in with. Meetings?
4: <laughs> yeah. No, the the biggest part is just being able to cry on the inside. It's
1: yeah, good. that's what you need to work on. Yeah. Just on the inside. <laughs> Just
4: on
0: the inside. No, work on it.
1: Just no, serious. Serious. I
0: will it. do. I will. Okay. Um. So, uh, uh Deacon, Deacon being a yeah big part of this. Yes. <laughs> but I know. were you gonna ask something? No. All right. Dang it. Uh. So yeah. I, 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 what, what, what? How do people unlock uh, uh Deacon in Idol Champions? What's the what's the, what's the way to make it happen?
3: Uh, so we're currently running the Founder's Day event, which is around the founding of Waterdeep. Um, and so that lasts until Tuesday, July 17th. And the uh, first adventure, once you complete the first adventure, you're able to unlock deacons. So if you've never played the game before, you need to you know, download and install the game and all those good things and then play through the tutorial um, adventure first just to, to get you tutorialized up. And then uh, you can do Founder's Day. And then after that, we have uh, a new system that came in, I guess, maybe a week and a half ago or so. Um, That that was the first system launched with the easy button, which was the... Uh, we launched time gates which is a mechanism that allows players to open a time gate and uh, select one of the champions that they don't have um of i think we present three and you can select one of those and then earn that so that's a way to get deacon outside of the event got it so and then all
0: uh, of previous champions will be available through that or is it just going to be like a cycling uh, type of thing
3: uh, there are three presented at a time, um, and they're drawn from the ones that whoever, they're sort of randomly selected for you, for you, Greg. Got it. Uh, so um, they're selected individually based on what you don't have, and so they'll show you three, and you get to choose one of those. All
0: right, that's cool. Yeah, because we did have a question come in on the on the, the Twitch chat about how to do that, to buy old champions that you miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this oh. question goes a little bit farther. It's like, just like the time gate, but also have the options to buy packs for them also. Is that something you guys
3: are looking at? This question is from uh, Willowster, by the way. There we go. Uh, is that something we're looking at? We are looking at that, though. I don't. don't I don't know how much publicly. How much have we publicly said about that? I don't think we've said a lot yet. But uh, yes, we are absolutely considering. It is a thing that is in the world that you are looking at. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Perfect Words game. Have been spoken. There we go. I mean, and we do. Uh, I think. See, I'm only like so connected to the, the the detailed list of features and what's been disclosed and what hasn't. Uh, so you can check our Reddit, where there's actually a fairly detailed list of what we're uh, what we're doing and and what commitments are there. And um, we do a, a stream every Thursday on this very station dun, at one dun. o'clock. Yeah, and so we do a two-hour stream there, and uh, the people that run that can give you very detailed questions or know when to stop giving you detailed answers, which is the spot I tr- struggle with.
0: Right. You are the, the Nathan Stewart of... i uh, the spoiler just, guy, exactly, yeah. <laughs> just say what you want.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just like, there hey, we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Now it's been announced. Good job, Eric. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, your team is going, no.
0: No, don't say that, <laughs> Eric.
3: What? It's no. not the easy button. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <See>? <laughs> <laughs> this is if I had like a cut to, I would like cut to a gif of like everybody panicking and running around on fire. Uh, and then, uh, so, so Trent, Neverwinter Nights has been out uh, for, for several months. People have been digging it.
4: That is true. And uh, we've also just recently released the Darkness Over Daggerford expansion DLC for it. So that was originally created by Ossian Studios back in the day, but it was actually canceled. So they had released a free version of it, but never really finished it. Mm-hmm. So we partnered up with them, gave them some resources to finish it off. And uh, now it's launched under Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition some new voiceover added some new new areas cleaned up and and it's actually a, a great experience and we also announced uh, at stream of many eyes we announced uh never one on mobile so we're on we're coming on android oh. i've actually played the build and uh, it was actually horrible and i was telling my people this is horrible this is unacceptable and they're like um, trent your your uh your android device is junk you need to buy a better... <laughs> that's from like that's that's one of the first Android devices to have shipped, and I'm like, it's still really bad. It needs to be better.
1: <laughs> now there's gonna be a new character coming out. Yeah, you know, that's gonna be like it's not good enough. It still <laughs> needs to be better. This is
4: dead
0: to me. <laughs> your so your Android this is device how villains are made. Your Android device was as old as the beam dog? It was it was one of the first Android devices
4: to launch. I just grabbed one that was handy that actually held a charge and installed the build on it. Like, Not good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's your ogre impression. That's going to be a character that uh, yeah. somebody's going to write in pretty soon.
4: Uh, that'll be that'll be my thing. Uh, I'll present all product critique as ogre. Yeah.
0: Not good
4: <laughs> buttons. Wrong. Smash! Smash! <laughs>
3: That's what, That'll that's, be your new stream must trend. Be
4: epic. <laughs> epic. Epic epic epic.
0: <laughs> 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 that was always the joke of my director a friend of mine. He was uh uh you know, it was always hard to come up with better ways to get the actors to 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 act better, right? So would just be like, "Act more. Suck less. <laughs> just do it." <laughs> <laughs> more acting more acting we need this many actings by the end of the set <laughs> rehearsal you are currently at a
4: five in the acting scale i need to do an eleven. <laughs> 11 <laughs> turn it all
0: the way up uh but that's really cool that uh uh there was able to be an expansion that uh got shelved and now it gets to see the light of day that's yeah. that's gotta be really gratifying for that team to 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 share it with the world
4: oh, that's awesome they're excited about it and uh we love working with those guys, so we're definitely uh, definitely going to roll some stuff together in the future as well.
0: Oh, some words have been said. Uh-huh. Oh.
4: I, I'm, just, I'm allowed to do that because everything I promise our people have to deliver. <laughs> so right now <laughs> in our office, people are going, no!
0: Oh, yeah, cut to, cut to the, the video of the beam Dog offices. <laughs> Trent's never getting a desk again.
4: Uh, committed, to, us to more
1: things that we have to do. <laughs> you just gotta get one of those buttons Eric has. It's
0: all
4: good. Exactly. <laughs> the, the easy button. The easy button. That's oh, all you, you need. There. Just right there. Yours, can That was epic. Yeah, we've got uh, <laughs> we've got our collector's edition of of uh, Siege of Dragon Spear. Nice on sale today for our birthday. So Aww. it's normally one hundred and twenty nine dollars. It's on today for fifty nine bucks. Whoa!
1: Wow! Those are yeah. like.
0: Those are really epic good. Epic
1: prices. <laughs> Those are epic <laughs>
0: prices. <laughs> <laughs> epic is the That's word of the insane. day. insane. I loved. Enter code uh, epic. And with the collector's edition, you get a coin, right? What? Is that true? Yeah, you get a
4: Caesar Dragon Spear coin. She's about an inch and a half in diameter. It's, yeah. Uh, oh, wow. It's monstrous. Did That's, you
0: know, that Trent, that that coin was the inspiration for us making our Waterdeep coins?
4: I did. I was talking to Nathan about that, and he was telling me all about it. And I was like. That's really awesome. Yeah. I am I am glad to have influenced because the water deep coins are awesome. You are an influencer. Yes.
1: I, yeah. officially I, I have, an
4: influencer. I have I projected influence.
1: Update your My Twitter profile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an influencer.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we we actually went with that same company because they were so well made and had a lot of heft to them. We're like, they oh, really they can cool. get this down. And then we gave them. We were really not sure if they'd be able to pull it off. We gave them some proofs uh, uh, and they got, came back and they were amazing. So we're like, yes, more yeah. to them all up. They were great.
4: Yeah, Nathan was talking to me at the, at the stream cool. about it, and I was like, "That's so awesome!"
0: Yeah,
4: it's I, I love it when when skilled craftspeople do good work and it gets shown, and then mm-hmm. more people just kind of follow on the chain and, and keep going
0: with it. It's true. It's true. It's awesome. And as yeah. as game developers, you guys got to see that a lot too, where it's you know you see uh, good, and then, and that's why it's really cool that the two of you guys are working together uh, to 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 you know pay it forward in a way.
4: And that's part of the fun of the game industry community i mean we're all creative people we're all kind of driven to do our thing and, and we look at each other and we're like hey these guys are doing a thing that's pretty cool i like that and and we just kind of naturally like to help each other out the the stream of many eyes was like this hippie love-in the game community is kind of like a bigger hippie love-in but everybody's not quite as as socially comfortable hugging so <laughs> there's this Positivity, but there's also some awkwardness there. So we gotta we gotta work on that.
0: Just get past the awkwardness and uh, hug it out, man. I mean, I think if everybody's wearing kilts and bald caps (laughs) filled with water, the awkwardness (laughs) goes away because you're already awkward, right?
4: right? Yeah, (laughs) like I'm sloshing when I move, and he's experiencing bad drafts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like good drafts though. Back there in that soundstage, so uh, there we go. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's good. It's true. It's yep. good thing Shelley wasn't at the stream of many eyes because then that would have messed everything up.
1: In in what way exactly?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking mostly. I was trying to get this into being a fart joke, and I couldn't really oh. figure out how to get it to come around. <laughs> I don't know why. He said drafts, and I was like, "That's Shelley. Fart. That You're means Shelly.
1: Me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just being. Honest with my, my <laughs> creative process it there. It just
1: goes that quickly to farts? <laughs>
0: it's a shelly and farts. <laughs> it's, yeah, you never know. You never know where it's
1: You gonna... can tell we also have some awkwardness in our office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mostly around beans. Socially <laughs> awkward. Yeah.
1: I like the beans. Just like your five-year-old daughter. She really likes those beans. Oh, wait, is it Edna? Home? Edna
0: will have black beans. This is like the only thing she'll eat is like bowls and Me bowls too. of black beans. Back in the day,
4: uh, Greg Zescheck was a vegetarian. Uh, he's, I believe he still is, but uh, yeah, sometimes that wasn't so good. <laughs> I'm wow. also a vegetarian who loves. You <laughs> would, would, would kind of poison oh. the odd boardroom meeting. You're <laughs> like, we call a recess. We call a recess. He's Five like, guys, minutes. it's uncle. It's got to okay. be epic. Right. Like, <laughs> Don't make it as epic as that, please. Yeah, my eyes are watering. Let's take a break. Take a break.
0: Just oh man, for
4: the record. That is
1: not what happens here.
0: That is true. That is (laughs) not. You have
1: never actually experienced the ramifications of my high legume diet.
0: (laughs) I think that's what makes it so funny is that it's so absurd. Uh, But I hope, uh, uh, you know, a co-founder of Bioware doesn't (laughs) doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) He's like, you outed me in my boardroom (laughs) etiquette. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. So uh, there's lots of fun uh, things happening for you guys uh, working together. I believe there's a code up where people can get some fun uh, uh, chests of things happening. Uh, but if people are interested in learning more uh, about Idol Champions and what Codename is doing, uh, Eric, how can how can people find out? You already mentioned the live streams. You should definitely do those
3: yeah yeah, certainly. there's the live streams every Thursday at one o'clock Pacific time. Um, best place to go on the web would be wwwidolchampions.com and you can find you know lots of information about the game and links to both the game on Steam as well as the game is on iPads and Android tablets. So you can find all all the links there at wwwidolchampions.com.
0: It will not work on Trent's Android phone.
3: No, not unless it's an Android phone tablet. (laughs) A phablet? A phablet, yeah. No, it doesn't even actually work on phablets, which is an industry term. Like, that's the worst industry term ever. But yes, it has to be a tablet, a pure play tablet. We
0: need the space. It's true. It's true. It's the UI. Uh, What about you, Trent? Where can uh, people find out about all the fun stuff uh, that you and Beamdog is doing? So
4: the best, uh, best for us is probably the Beamdog website. Beamdog.com. We have the forums as well, which you can access off of Beamdog. We also have a live stream. It's on Friday at uh, 10 Pacific. Um, We mostly goof off, and we always start at playing old games, usually random stuff that we can we find on like abandonware or something. And uh, we have a lot of fun with it. We goof around a lot, but we also answer a lot of sometimes game questions, sometimes hardcore, deep technical questions. So it's it's kind of a hoot. Um, We're on. Facebook, we're on Twitter. We're all kind of all over the place. We're starting to do some Instagram stuff, but we're still kind of feeling it out.
0: Nice, right. very cool. Uh, um, as long as uh, you get to eventually some deep existential philosophical questions uh, on some of those things, so I'll be sure to jump onto the stream and ask those. Good.
1: Yeah, keep it classy. We,
0: we have a filter for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ask my answer my question.
0: Right. <laughs> That's it. You gotta change your name. Phil's got a negative two on all rolls now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think he wanted a negative five. That's his goal. That's his goal. That's his, his goal is, <laughs> he's pushing is it. Generate enough pain for Nathan that he gets a negative five.
0: I don't know, man. His, his dedication to that costume uh, for the stream of many eyes, I think, put it put him back to zero, I think.
4: He still bothers me about our conversation. I'm like, so, Phil, uh, you should probably shave your chest. <laughs> and He's like, but I don't want to. And I was like, it's okay, Phil. It's okay that you don't want to. <laughs>
0: That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 opinions and feelings have been heard. Yes, I think totally awesome. noted. <laughs> I <don't> know. Know. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm glad that you could be like. I had to wear a bald cap for for three days. You could shave your chest.
1: Yeah. Did he?
0: He did. He did.
1: Well, that is dedicated. Yeah. What was his costume? Yep. Uh,
0: what was the name of the character from Bald? Rasad. He? Rasad. He monk. Rasad. Oh. yeah the, the the paint on his chest was very canonical and, and perfect
4: it was kind of hilarious because we had, we had actually sent uh, all the pictures down to uh, Red Dodge who was our makeup artist and she made stencils on, and honestly we sent her three pictures and they were all totally different <laughs> so she kind of had to make up the face tattoos were reasonably tight but the body stuff was all over the place so she kind of made it up and then she's Spending two and a half hours standing on Phil and painting him every morning.
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Dedication. These guys were dedicated. It's so good. Yeah. Um And I and I know he had at least uh, uh, one fan come up to him and said this was that was his favorite uh, character in Baldur's Gate go and he couldn't believe, believe that someone uh, had uh, had had worn that costume and uh, and did it so well. Well, and well, it's great because Phil's actually the head in the portrait in the game, so Phil is that. your
4: son. Yeah. That's cool. And the, the funny thing is we brought Mark Muir down, who was Alveas Malcantor. But Mark was also the voice of Rasad. So he could actually do the voice. <laughs> so Phil would move his mouth. And oh, my God. <laughs> <top> <laughs> behind him. Oh,
0: man. I didn't get to witness that. Now I'm sad. I got to find uh, some video of that somewhere. That's I good stuff. I don't know stuff. if
4: there's any video. It was just one of those moments that happened. Oh, I missed it.
0: That's so good. Uh, all right. Well, good stuff. Uh, give all uh, uh, of Canada my best.
4: Durrant <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: says thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, again very soon. Thanks a lot for calling in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks very much. I mean, there's just nothing to say about Nailed that. Nailed it. Nailed it. I think it really was the microphones. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Wait. Now, again, that was the old no, microphones. We didn't
1: have, yeah, we didn't have the, the new ones.
0: Well, I think it was you, Shelley. You're the glue that holds yeah. this entire podcast I together. Know.
1: I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I mean,
0: I'm not mincing words. It's no. true. Uh, why do you mince words? Does that mean you cut them up? I know. That doesn't make any sense. Like minced onions, but like minced right. words? Right. Like I don't want to mix up these Let, words. I don't want to
1: mince words. So uh. you don't want to chop up your words and scatter them about? What are you trying not
0: to do? Dude, language is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> People just shouldn't use words at the all. Words
1: are stupid. <laughs> Let's just use icons <laughs> and hand we're, signals. We're
0: going to speak in icons and hand signals from this now on. This will be a
1: very good audio podcast.
0: <laughs> it's true. We do that. I'm showing you a picture of the, uh, you know, Waffle Crew icon.
1: Yeah, we make icons for everything.
0: We do make icons I for everything.
1: I bet Emmy could whip up stuff.
0: She really does make great icons. She's the best. She really is the best. We're going to lift her up too. Lift, lift us elevate. up where we belong.
1: Elevate.
0: Elevation. <laughs> uh, anything you want to you wanna close with uh, to talk about before we, we, we close this whole mother out? No? No. I've got this guy right here. He's going to shoot a gun. He's got, it's got smoke powder in it.
1: Why are there so many Axis and Allies guys in here?
0: And he's British. You can tell because he's got uh, brown plastic.
1: He's brown plastic.
0: Light brown plastic, tan. Right. Beige, even. It's true. Yep. Yeah. What color are the zombies? Uh, they're figurines? like
1: a putridy, greeny uh, color.
0: Good, because they were in the play test, They were blue, like bright. Oh, right. Bl- no, bright yeah, blue. That was just and it was disconcerting because I was, was like, not. these look like happy, fun. They are. They're creatures like, they're attacking. like a flash
1: mob of zombies. I know, right. That you would see in a, mall. a flash mall. The ones that come in the box are not like that.
0: It's true. Good. Yeah. All right. Um, there are a couple of fun things I want to let you know about before I let you go, including the Beetle and Grimm's Pandemonium Warehouse. Yes. Uh, Mr. Matthew Lillard and his company is putting together these Platinum Edition boxes uh, with all of the content from... Waterdeep dragon heist within them, including some fun blowout uh, uh, pictures. So artwork uh, on its own that you can show as part of your dungeon mastering. Uh, artifacts, actual physical objects that enhance the gameplay by having something like tactile to hold on to and touch. Maps, all the miniatures, including uh, no, I know I don't think they are including this little British guy uh, in the miniatures, <laughs> but all the miniatures that you need to run uh, the adventure are in there. Tons of different encounters. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's an auspicious package. All
1: auspicious.
0: Auspicious. It's true. Uh, I can't wait to run Dungeons & Dragons using it. It's going to be fun. Uh, you know what's going to be like the slam dunk? Is using uh, all of the artifacts and uh, artwork within that Platinum Box to run a game of Waterdeep Dragon Heist storyline using the Sirenscape soundboard sound effects Specifically designed for Waterdeep Dragon Heist, I love that so much. While rolling Waterdeep Dragon Heist dice and eating off of your Waterdeep Dragon Heist plate using the commemorative, uh, plate. the commemorative plate that we're selling, as well as <laughs> the mug the of, of Tito's vodka. No, uh, Tito's teas. Tito's teas that we're selling, uh, and the, the Waterdeep Dragon Heist flavor that I'm putting in Tito's teas.
1: Yes. What is the flavor of Waterdeep?
0: It's like garbage. Oh. But like hot.
1: Hot garbage. It's- Hot <laughs>
0: and also liquid
1: garbage with a <laughs> touch of liquor, black licorice,
0: Uh coriander.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: okay. gotta make it a little bit. You know, because it's fall, I gotta have some autumn spice in there. Some yeah. pumpkin spice,
1: pumpkin. You can make Tito Teas lattes. <laughs>
0: that are <pumpkins>. Hot
1: garbage <laughs> coriander lattes. They're back in season, everyone.
0: Smells like water deep in here. Woo! Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: alright Shelly where can people find out about you and what you're doing
1: come to the Twitters at Shelly Moo and and Avalon Hill too two. the number two
0: I just went number two <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's why it smells like hot garbage that's
0: right that's why it was, it was, it was hot that's on my brain it
1: smells like water deep
0: <laughs> in here oh baby you smell Is like water water deep, deep. smelly because I always picture it to be a nice place. I'm pretty much every fantasy city has got to be some stank on it, right?
1: What I feel like it's a nice place, though. I guess,
0: you know, actually now that I think about it, if you have magic, you would probably be using it to, to clean up and make it smell good. As is much that as you what could. you
1: would use your magic for?
0: I mean, if you're the, you're the part-time oh, sorceress right I would use my here.
1: mage hand to plug my nose while I'm walking down the oh, street. Oh, that's even smarter.
0: Because <laughs> all you need is five pounds of pressure. That's plenty of pressure. To... Well, that's a
1: lot of pressure.
0: That's a lot of pressure. I could just go like this.
1: Pee you. Well, you.
0: your that That's your um uh, uh, magic mouth spell that's saying that behind you. Pee you. Yeah. Stink,
1: stink. Stink, stink, stink.
0: All right. If I don't see a D&D character doing all those things in the near future at a convention, uh, I'm just going to have to ask someone to do it.
1: Well, <laughs> all right.
0: All right, then. Uh, you can follow me at Greg Tito. Uh, I'm also on the Instagrams. Uh, if you want to know everything that's happening with Dungeons & Dragons, here's a tip. You can download the Dragon Plus app. Do is that. On your Android device or your iOS device. It's one-stop shopping right there. It's true. It's all, everything you could possibly ever want to know about the D and the D yep. as well. I mean, you've got to listen to our podcast too. But other than that, well, everything yeah. else is all encapsulated within that yep. app.
1: But you can find links to the podcast. That's
0: true. Right. That's true. So yeah. one-stop. One Right there. And then if you want to check that on the web, it's dragonmag.com. Uh, or you can go to dungeonsanddragons.com. Uh There's tons of stuff in there as well, including project pages and uh, this here fun podcast. Fun. I know, that, I know that for sure. Funnest. All right. I think we're going to peace out.
1: Peace out, Ready? man. Be careful. I hear there's some falling rocks around here. What?
0: No. There's no, no falling rocks. That's silly. That- uh